You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written... It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vortex Weeks. We are ending this week with another great interview from someone who works over there at Vortex. His name is Sawyer Braille, and he is uh, the content guy over there. He's like... uh, he, he represents, in his words, the shell of the company, and uh, we talk a whole bunch of exciting things today. We talk about fatherhood. We talk about the positives and negatives of fatherhood. We talk about parenting with a hangover. We talk about uh, an exciting trip that he has planned to Alaska to hunt Sitka deer uh, with a couple of, of his colleagues, and then we talk about... Um, where he's at in his hunting career and, and what he looks to be doing in the future. So, uh, again, it's a really great episode. Absolutely loved hanging out with these guys. And just want to say, again, thank you to Vortex for inviting me into their facility, uh, taking me on a tour, treating me like family, and, uh, again, taking time out of their their busy, busy day to uh, do these these interviews. So, thank you very much. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, please go do that. Um, There was three in total of Vortex Week and then one on the Hunting Gear podcast as well. So make sure that you guys go listen to all of those. Thanks to Vortex and um, everybody involved in Vortex Week. So thank you very much. Before we get into the episode though, again, huge shout out to Vortex, awesome optics. Check out their VIP warranty. If you're interested in a spotting scope, rifle scope, uh, range finder, binoculars, go to vortexoptics.com and, and check it out. Hunt stand. These guys are doing uh, some really cool things over there at Hunt stand. Not only 
with the uh, the app itself, the hunting app itself, and, and the mapping and and documenting your your outdoor experiences and and using that data to put yourself in better position to you know uh, hunt deer and kill deer but the the content that these guys are putting out as well is it helps you use their product to become better at at what it is you're trying to accomplish and and let's be honest that's get within shooting range of animals it's how to organize trail camera pictures organized food plots and hunt stand has that all so if you want to find out more information about hunt stand visit huntstand.com and if you want to save 30 percent you can enter the discount code nope excuse me 20 percent if you want to save 20 percent enter the discount code sn20 and that saves 20 percent off of 30 dollars which is a low price anyway for their uh, uh for their elite package download for free sign up pay 30 bucks and you get all this functionality for an entire year and then we have wasp broadheads i was shooting my bow i I didn't even i haven't even put on field points from last year yet i'm taking some of my older broadheads and i'm just i'm I'm just going straight into broadheads this year shooting my bow with broadheads that way there's no I'm, i'm tuning right now i'm not really having to uh adjust from field points to broadheads and as much as people say hey you gotta you know flies like a field point flies like a field point a a broadhead is not a field point so you do have to retune your arrow and your bow setup to get the the most accuracy out of that so make sure you're doing that but what i can't wait is to put one of those broadheads whether that's my two favorites the jackhammer and the boss four blade through an animal this year like i am so excited to be like to get out into the field and start this is gonna sound bad but stacking bodies like i want to fill a freezer and then i want to fill another freezer like i want to have to go to the store and buy a another freezer this year just so i can use wasp broadheads to fill it up so uh go to wasparchery.com take a look at all the broadheads that these guys offer read up on the products because the material they they use is badass and so is the uh and so is the people behind the company just like vortex and hunt stand participants right so vortexoptics.com enter the discount code uh what is it here nfc20 nfc20 and that's going to get you 20 percent off and lastly tethered i've been shooting out of my tethered uh saddle and dude i think i'm man i think i'm gonna like it and so i think today or tomorrow i'm gonna head out into the woods and i'm going to set up some sticks and a trail camera in a specific ridge and i'll just leave the sticks up it's on a piece of private that i have access to and then that way when i get into this position i'm gonna climb up the sticks ready for me throw my butt in a saddle and hopefully whatever happened last year i got a big buck on trail camera hopefully he is still using this hopefully crop rotation doesn't mess it up and hopefully he uh, is cycling through there again and i get a a shot opportunity uh on him so tethered man they make a a saddle they make uh, a platform they make sticks and then all the saddle hunting accessories that you could need again go to their website take a look at the content that these guys are putting out that will make you a better saddle hunter and uh, great people behind that product as well so go check out tethered 
All right, we've done the commercials. Let's get into today's episode, the last one of Vortex Week. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Three, two, one. All right, we are still doing this Vortex Week here thing, on this Vortex Optics Week on the Nine Finger Chronicles uh, podcast. And today I'm joined by Sawyer Briel. Sawyer, how are we doing, man? Good, Dan. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. New father. Uh, yeah, new father. So, yeah, I'm obviously a uh, listener of the podcast. So, uh, I would say I've picked up some tics, <laughs> t- tips and tricks from the podcast. But um, actually, I will say that to make you feel better. Okay. Or at least things not to do with your own children. Yeah, it, it really just uh, it set the tone for me a little bit uh, as I was as I was preparing for fatherhood and kind of navigating those waters. But uh, yeah, got a, almost a, a year old. He will be a year old probably about when this airs, July tenth. So uh, it's been a it's been a whirlwind, man. It's been a blast. That's awesome. Well, happy birthday to your child. What have you learned about? your fatherhood, your first child within the first year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, a lot of people are probably going to hate me, but uh, he has been just an absolute dream of a child yeah. since the day he was born. He's been a, he's been a good sleeper. He's got super great personality to him. Um, he has just been, he's, he's the definition of the, the gotcha kid, right? Like, He's the one that's like, oh man, this isn't that bad. Right. Then you have another one, and like, with the the way the the world works and, and karma and all that, we'll probably get a stinker on the next one. But you know what? We will uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I would say, definitely, just I would almost prioritization. I think would be the biggest one because like you use hunting as an example. It's like just so many things change, and it's not like oh, I've got this birthday party I got to go to, like, whereas if you had a, if you're planning to go hunting, like, probably just skipping the birthday party, right? But you have a a kid now, and it's just like, yeah, that moves up to the top of the list pretty much regardless of what is going on outside of a medical emergency. So I I think that's, uh, it's forced me to be a little bit more plan, planning oriented with pretty much everything we do. And my wife is fantastic too. Like we, we definitely got a, a good system going. I think it's, it's pretty even 50, 50 split on whether it's stuff around the house, stuff with the kids. Uh, we still, we still try to go out and, and rip it up whenever we can. Obviously the, the hangovers have become a little bit more severe. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to actually blame that on Ford, our son as well. It seems yeah. like they got, I got worse right after he was born. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you Ford. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's just been planning and, and just figuring out. And I think that my perspective changed quite a bit too. It's just like, what do we really have to go do? Uh, what, what's important, things like that. I think once you see, once you see that kid for the first time, it's, it's just like a, a, a watershed moment of like, yeah. yeah, this is really all that matters now. Yep. So I think it's, it's, it's been good, man. I'm, I'm still here. I'm, I'm still alive. Um, I haven't gained <laughs> too much weight. Uh, working on that, but yeah, it's been good, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and by the way, when someone, when anybody really, I don't care who they are, they tell me, 
oh man, yeah, my kid, man, he, he sleeps through the night. He he doesn't cry. He's like all these things. And I just, I say out loud to you, oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. That just <laughs> must be really nice. But on the inside, I'm calling you a son of a bitch. I hate you. Things like that. Because I, I had my, my second child was a, the first 18 months of his life, he did not sleep through the night. One night, woke up crying, wanted to be held, wanted to be rocked, would stand up to the point where, you know, like he starts crawling out of his crib, coming in bed with us. And it just sucked ass, right? And so, <laughs> so then my next, the next kid, Knox, uh, who, who one year, he's, he's only four, he'll turn five in September. Uh, like the first year, I, I even now I feel so far removed from what a one-year-old is even like because of how chaotic life is at this point. Uh, so, uh, so um, the only and it's it's all it's it's all cyclical too, right? right like right. I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here, like oh god, like just a, a great kid, absolute dream, super easy for for mom and I. We'll hop on a podcast and. 12 years and i'll be like dan we found cigarettes in his drawer (laughs) he stole a car like he's been spray painting he's a graffiti artist now like yeah Yeah. i don't know i don't know i don't know anything i i've been very open about i don't know what i don't know yeah we just use it as kind of a learning experience keep him safe make sure he yeah yeah i don't know man it's a it's a trip yeah i don't yeah that's definitely it and i'm getting into you know, I'm getting into the point now with my two older ones where the social aspect is starting to to play in. And that is, you know, like emotions like, hey, so and so said they didn't like me or so and so called me stupid or so. And I'm just like, you know, if it's your brother and your sister, I can go look at your brother and sister and I could say, shut up. Don't you know, like, don't say that blah. You know, it's over. But I can't go to the neighbor kid and be like. Hey, uh, your son's being an asshole. Like, I, I can't. You can't do that, right? So, well, you, those are new you, you waters. You don't want to be me. that. You don't want to be that narc parent either. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, little Timmy, uh, slap Jimmy on the playground. Like, yeah. I, I'm not okay with that. We need to talk. It's like, okay, like yeah. if if it's bad, like yeah, go talk to him. But you don't want to be that guy. Either. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then then the the famous words, tough it up, buddy. You know, like that's all I heard growing up was. Hey, tough it up. Like there was no like being sensitive to a young boy back in the eighties when someone pushed me down. I'm just like, tough it up, get up. Are you hurt? No. All right, cool. Tough it up. Like that's, I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that method with my, my own children. And you got to toe that line too, but apparently that parenting style is still pretty prevalent in the nineties because I specifically remember that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, tough waters to navigate with that. I can only imagine as he gets older, kind of figuring all that stuff out. Cause yeah. like right now, like we went to a cookout Saturday and he went to bed at six. Mom and dad had a good old time. He woke up at 6am and we left yeah. like even a, a year from now, like that's going to be completely different. So yeah. I think it's just figuring out how to make sure we still have fun and kind of keep him involved in that stuff. But obviously yeah. you put him first. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, we're probably not going to do beer Olympics next year, but uh, <laughs> we will do something else that's fun. Maybe we'll go to the zoo. Yeah, and mommy and daddy will bring a flask or something. But, uh, 
or whenever you can get it in, you get it in. And man, I don't even know if I've how long it's been since I've had a an alcoholic beverage past ten o'clock. Even oh, yeah. even this past weekend, man, I'm, I've I've been done, like in bed by ten or or done drinking by ten for years. So it's like, it, I, I look at, I hear thing and I'm just like, oh God, hangovers with kids definitely suck the most. Oh, and you got this guillotine hanging over you too, right? Like even on a work night, it's like you finish everything up with the kid. You try to make sure the house isn't an absolute complete disaster. And it's yeah. like probably 730 or like, oh, finally I got some time for myself. Like I'm going to watch a show. I'm yeah. going to watch YouTube. I'm going to try to work out a little bit. And then you're like, well... I realistically have an hour or two because if I don't get enough sleep, then tomorrow's going to suck. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it, it's like that. It's like that Indiana Jones scene, man, that boulder's always chasing you. You can't, <laughs> you, can't, you, can't you can't stop or it'll crush you. Hey, that's some pretty good references. You've done, you've, you've as a, as a parent of just one kid within one year, you've laid out some pretty good references in this, uh, this intro. And I like it. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm here for. I there guess. you go. So, uh, I'm going to write a parenting book. Like, that was the worst <laughs> thing too. Like people, people give you like the parenting books as gifts and it's like, Oh, bad news, dad. You're not going to be able to drink beer and eat wings all Sunday and yeah. watch football. It's like, gee, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like the, yeah. the amount of pa- pandering to dads yeah. at that point is just like, Oh, your life's going to completely change. You can't have fun anymore. It's like, shut up. Like, yeah. That's the last thing a new dad needs to hear. Right. But it's kind of the truth. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> there is some truth to it. Hey, I still eat plenty of wings. Yeah, there you go. But there you yeah. go. I, I, I'm i going to uh, say one quick thing and then we're going to shift. Okay. I was at the grocery store the other day and I was waiting in line and, and luckily I didn't have, oh no, I had my oldest boy with me and we're pushing the cart. We're getting into the checkout lane. And this, this kid is, uh, this kid is asking his dad for some candy and he's a little bit younger than my boy. I put him in the six, the five or six range. Dad, I want this. He starts to grab it and the dad takes it, puts it back, says, no, you can't have it. And this kid throws a fit and he starts hitting the dad, like hitting him and saying, I want this candy. I want this candy. And the dad's like, no, no, Johnny, you can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. And I look at my boy and my boy looked at me like, dad, like, are you going to beat that kid's ass? Because his dad's not be like, <laughs> it was just like this, this conversation between us without any words spoken. Like, is, are you going to, are you going to punish that kid? Cause if I did that, I'd get punished. And then my son was just like looking at, at that kid going, how is this kid getting away with this? Like even, even my own son was like, that's an embarrassment that, that dad's a pussy. I don't know. It, I just, I don't know. I, I, I found it extremely hilarious and, um, parents who coddle their children, like those are the kids that grow up and just have no value to society. Right. And I mean, that's the other double-edged sword, right? Like for me personally, it's like, Ford will, our son will crawl into some area of the house and we'll be like, Ford, don't do that. Like, come back over here. And like, obviously he's not stopping. So you're like, man, I can't wait till he can actually communicate and understand. And then you're like, wait a second. That also means he can uh, talk back. Yeah. So it's just like navigating that too. It's like, 
like you don't know you're in the you're in the good old days till they're gone right so it's like it's it feels really easy now but man when as he develops more of his personality and hopefully he'll be a good kid but those supermarket scenarios like obviously they're gonna happen so it's not it's not just to give them give them a bottle and rock them a little bit it's like no this is uh this is this is why you're in trouble right and then there's uh and then there's guys like me Real just assholes who kind of hope that your kid goes through just a shitty phase for not not his whole life, just for a little bit to so that you, that you understand what the rest of us have had to go through. <laughs> it depends on how shitty we're talking. Yeah, like, right, right. If, if the one end of the spectrum is a uh, juvenile hall and the other end is like he talks back once in a while, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine with a happy medium there. We're not, like, I'm not wishing I, your kid turn into a felon. Okay. I'm just well, talking I, like I some sass. Oh, he'll, he'll get it. Yeah. He, he's already smart enough. He, he knows how to manipulate situations already. <laughs> I have, I have no doubt that he will, he will find his way into uh, pushing dad's buttons. There you go. There you go. Hard pivot right now. Vortex optics. How long have you been working there? Oh, almost three and a half years now. Nice. What's your role? So I'm the marketing communications manager. So our team uh, does a good chunk of our paid marketing, handles our ambassador marketing, PR, uh, our event strategy. So if you see us at an event or out in the wild, um, so kind of a, a wide swath of things, but I think the key thing is really consumer facing and kind of, we kind of look at ourselves as almost like that that shell of the company. Like if someone isn't familiar with Vortex or, or might be kind of familiar, like whether they see a print ad or stop by at, a, at our, our booth at an event, like hopefully we're those people that can kind of pull them across that line into becoming a little bit more familiar Then they get to social media, they get to interact with people, they get to call in, they get to use our products. So I think we're, we really like to be kind of on the front lines, um, kind of showing people the vortex that's hopefully going to get them a little more familiar with the brand. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and when I hear what you just said, I also like can't help, but throw like loosely ties with the whole customer, uh, relations aspect yep. of it or the customer service portion of it, because, you know, as you guys push out this, and this is, when I, whenever I talk about Vortex on, let's say, I, you know, uh, Vortex pays me for advertising, right? That there's a, there's a partnership, there's an agreement there. But every time I talk about Vortex, I talk about the people that work for Vortex and this, that what you do is great. You, you put out this brand recognition, you know, hey, the shell, like you said, the shell of the company, it allows people to, for the first time they see it, but then behind that, it's, you know, some, some companies don't have anything behind that. It's just a shell. But what I really like about Vortex, it has awesome people behind that making what they see actually the truth, right? And so sometimes marketing can be tricky because it's, it, it may not reflect a hundred percent of what they actually see up front. Yeah. And it makes our job really easy too, because there's never a shadow of a doubt that when they get past kind of what they see with like that kind of shell idea, like we know every time, like their next step with the company is going to be very positive for them. 
yeah. uh, whether it's calling customer service, whether it's DMing the the Instagram page, whether it's seeing someone at an event, whether it's going to a, a Vortex dealer. So I think that gives us a ton of confidence. And like I said, just really makes our job easy because there's never a worry like, okay, we got them across. Like, I hope they have a good time from here. It's like, no, they're, they're going to have a good time. They're going to get what they need. Um, and, and we've always just tried to be really approachable. Just just talking to the the regular guy, whether you like to hunt, shoot, hike, bird watch, whatever, man, like we need you to have confidence that when you call in or that you talk to someone, like it's going to be a pleasant experience and you're going to leave kind of yeah. satisfied. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really nice from our end because – we have the easiest job there is. Yeah, pull them across and and kind of let all these other awesome teams here kind of handle it from there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and so when you guys at Vortex sit around and, and you you have to create right the 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 face. You're you're creating basically the face. The first thing people see when they a find out about Vortex or they learn about Vortex or repeat customers who, you know, whether they talk to somebody else about the brand, you have to, you have to have a face for those people as well. So when you guys are sitting and in your little discussions about how to portray Vortex in a certain light, whether that's from a hunting standpoint or a shooting sports standpoint, what do those conversations look like? I think the, I think really the big thing is figuring out kind of for that customer, like what's going to be most relevant for them at that next step. Like you're going to have expert level people. You're going to have someone who has never hunted in their life and, and is just asking just very basic, really good questions. So I think from there, it's making sure that their next destination makes sense from them. So they're not super into the shooting side. And then they, they come in, they're familiar with Vortex and then they get an email about, top five tips for bow hunting from the ground, right? Like that's a, that's a great topic, but we got to make sure it fits for what that person's interested in. And that's something we work really hard on is, is we, we want something for everyone. So they feel like they're a part of the brand and it's not just this cookie cutter approach of uh, we're just going to blast everything out. And hopefully there's something in there that you like. I think that is really key for keeping people engaged. Like you're going to have guys that are asking questions on a, zero stop on a long range scope and you're going to have people saying hey just got into hunting tried venison for the first time like i really just need a pair of binos i don't need anything fancy and then from there they're probably going to ask like just stuff beyond optics and that's something that i think the specifically um, our consumer sales team does really well is you can talk about optics and they are experts you can talk about cooking you can talk questions about units out west like we've got someone in a chair down there that is expert level at all of these different topics so it's not like people drawing straws for oh who's going to get the long range guy it's like no we know he's going to casey casey super into that knows everything about that so um just a real like genuine passion from people in the building and i think people would really dig that and I, i think it makes their experience a lot better i think they get their questions answered um, and the conversation just kind of goes on from there and they know they can call back. They know they can shoot a DM, shoot an email um, and they're going to get what they need. So I think uh, that's kind of the, 
the overall mantra, but again, just being super approachable. Like we're not, we're not, we're not too good to talk to anyone. Right. It doesn't matter what your question is. Right. So as a customer, I hear that and I go, man, these guys are engaged. Use the word engaged with me past their product line. Right. And just, if you have a, a question about cooking wild game, or if you have a cooking about or a question about hunting strategy, blah, 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 blah. I can, I can reach out to someone. They'll be able to help me. And so they, they'd see that and they go, man, Vortex is more than just an optics company. They're in, they're really in the space. And I use this term a lot and I don't use it with a lot of like all companies, but participants, right? Like everybody that I know at Vortex is either a gun nut, shooting nut, or some kind of outdoor nut in, in their own respect, right? Yep. And so a customer has these questions, they come to you guys for that, and then they, they feel confident leaving that conversation and it's a no-brainer for them to come back. And from a business standpoint, it just makes sense because you know their next purchase is going to be something from Vortex. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really cool to kind of see that base of people that that love vortex and engage with vortex grow like it's the it's the truck sticker effect man like i remember when kind of that matthew solo camp sticker i mean it's still everywhere but it just i remember seeing that and be like wow like that person feels passionate enough about uh, a bow to put a sticker on their truck you know yeah. and, and, it, and it was cool to see but it, kind of the same applies to to our products in a way it's like they're not more often than not, like you have to assume they're not putting a sticker on their truck because they really love those diamondback 10 by 42s. Right. Right. Like a critical part of, of whatever you're doing in the outdoors or shooting, but there has to be a connection beyond that for someone to go to that level. So that's always been a really good litmus test from our end of like, okay, people, people are digging what we're doing. You know, it's the, I always go back to it. The, the truck sticker effect is, is very real. Right. So that's awesome. You, you enjoy working there. Uh, on the other podcast that I did with Eric and Mark, we talked about the culture uh, at Vortex. Uh, I've been lucky enough to spend a couple days uh, there with you guys and had, some, you know, had a lot of fun. The culture surrounding the brand is amazing. The people that work there are amazing, all that stuff. Um, so let me ask you a question about yourself. Are you excited for this upcoming hunting season? Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. Um, I think, as you know, kind of Ford was born last July. So that kind of wiped out the majority of it. But you go back to prioritization, you're like, that's okay. Like, I'm going to be able to hunt if I'm lucky for 40 more years. I'm never going to get this time back with him. Right. So that that was definitely the priority shift. I think this year you got a little bit more comfort being a parent. Um, you're kind of learning, you're learning schedules, you're learning kind of, okay, where can I be a little more tactical with some of this stuff? But yeah, I am, uh, I am very, very excited. Like we're going to, uh, Alaska end of August to chase blacktail deer. So that's going to be just completely new for me. Like I grew up small town Midwest. Like I, I never even dreamed that would be at any level of on the table for me. Yeah. So like, there's a definitely a mix of anxiety and, and a little bit of fear too. Like I'll shoot you straight for sure. Like there is a, a high level of, of me being terrified 
for sure. But because of bears or why are you afraid to go uh, hunt blacktails? It's it's just so new. It's so new for me. Like I, I know my way around the woods, but like, we've talked about this. Like I'm not the guy people are calling like, Oh, that dude's a killer. Like get his thoughts on that spot or anything. Like I, I like to, I like to shoot deer. I like to eat deer. I like to fish. I really like to turkey hunt. Like, and that's called kind of always been kind of that ecosystem for me. So it's like, you go from that to Alaska and it's just like this huge zero to 60. And it's just like, it's the, the, I would say it's 50, 50 excitement, anxiety right now. Like I'm sure that'll shift when it's closer, but there's just so many more variables that can go wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll be great. I'm, I'm very excited, but, uh, you also need to keep the perspective, like how lucky I am to be able to do this. Like this is not something everyone gets to do. Um, so that, that has kind of helped the, the excitement factor too. But, uh, I think beyond that, like whitetails, like I've got a bow, like I, I shoot the bow whenever I can. I've actually never, I've never killed a whitetail with the bow. I've always been, been a rifle guy. So I'm excited to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that world. Um, so pretty excited for that. Uh, full disclosure, I think Alaska will probably change this, but man, turkey hunting is my jam. Like yeah. If, if, if I'm picking one and people are going to think I'm crazy, like it's turkey hunting for me. Yeah. Um, but I think probably as I go down deeper, the rabbit hole on the, on the bow hunting side of things, I would expect that to, to probably switch. Um, but hopefully mix in some duck hunting too. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm hoping to just do more this fall. Like last yeah. fall, it was, it was definitely, it was just a different situation. So I think I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Your boy, Eric over there at Vortex, man, he, he likes to turkey hunt too. And don't get me wrong. I like to turkey hunt, but not as much as you guys do. I, I don't know why, but my head is in things with fur. Well, yeah. And you talk about killers too. Like he's a killer, man. Yeah. Like he, you put him on any piece of public, like something's more than likely hitting the dirt. And yeah. I think, um, from a turkey's perspective too, I think from our end, like it's really lucky too because the people that work at Vortex were all friends. So we hunt together. We'll we'll go do turkey camp. We'll do all these things. I think a lot of turkey for me scratches that social itch a little bit more than whitetail hunting does, which I think you don't want to do that all year. Like you definitely want some some alone time and kind of doing it your own and that type of thing, but. I think turkey hunting for me, it's, it's just so fun. It's so mobile. It's so interactive. Like it's yeah, I, I love it. But if you talk to me in, in uh, December of this year, I would say probably like uh, whatever turkeys don't care. (laughs) I I think you, you step off that float plane in Alaska and I think it's going to be like a huge perspective change for me, which will probably be from a monetary standpoint, not good for yeah. me or my family but you know what uh we're gonna do it that second kid may have to just wait right <laughs> all right sorry liz <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um so let's talk about alaska right because i have man I'll, I'll say this and I, i've mentioned this a lot on this podcast over the last now 700 ish episodes that uh, that the nine finger chronicles has done but my, like I used to sit on Sunday nights and I would watch Nat Geo, National Geographics, every Sunday night with my brother and my dad. And it would take you to like crazy places, 
throughout the entire world, whether that's in the ocean or the Arctic Circle or whatever. And my bucket list, like one of the animals that is on the top of the heap when it comes to, like right now I'm obsessed with mule deer, but I want to see, I want to shoot with a bow. I want to shoot a bull caribou, like really, really bad. And so I know that that's getting harder and harder as the years goes on, you know, a whole bunch of reasons. And then like the monetary aspect, if I want to go have that experience, it's probably going to be in Canada, could be in Alaska, but uh, then, you know, it's going to be one of those pay to play type things. So I probably got to save up for it. Was blacktail hunting in Alaska, like, always a a, a thing that you wanted to do or did this opportunity just kind of present itself and you said hell why not so alaska as a whole was always like like i said like huge pipe dream like man i gotta do this someday and i think our first our first plan was caribou um but i think what we're trying to do and we're bringing eric and mark from vortex will both be there Uh, brad brooks over at our golly um, and his camera guy, Jason, will be going, we'll be bringing some, some folks to capture some content. Um, so the, the logistics of it made blacktail just a little bit more doable, um, from our end. And I, I think the other avenue we wanted to take, and I think you hit it perfect, like just from a cost and logistics standpoint, I think a lot of what we're trying to share with this whole project is just like it is more approachable than you think from a monetary and logistics standpoint. And I, I hope that that part of the story is going to shine through a little bit. Cause I think a lot of people here, Alaska, anything, and they're like, Oh, no way. I'll ne- I'll never be able to do that. But when you really break it down, it's really not as crazy as you would think. Um, and for anyone who's got like a, a whitetail lease or, or is going out West, like when you really crunch the numbers, it's really not as crazy as you think. And I think that's what we're trying to, to kind of share with that is like, if you've wanted to do it for 15 years, like go do it. Like it might take a little bit of a crunch in money wise. Like it's definitely going to take more planning. You're probably going to need, well, not probably, you're definitely going to need more gear. Um, but I think we're really trying to share that story of like, for me personally, shit, if I can do it, like anyone can do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. Um, so, Talking about this logistics uh, a little bit, what like what do you obviously this isn't a Wisconsin rifle season hunt where you can get in your truck, drive down the road, get out, go sit in a tree stand, eh, too cold, get back in the truck, go go away. Like this sounds <laughs> like it's a little. There's going to be way more logistics, way more planning, way more prep. Um, have you talked with anybody already about what to expect when you're on this hunt? Yeah. So I think luckily, well, Mark's been, Mark's done the Alaska thing. He's been a great resource. And then Brad, who we're going with has done the Alaska thing and the blacktail thing in Alaska. So I think it has just been a lot of brain dump, like asking a ton of questions, like shoot us straight. Like, what do we need to prepare for and that type of thing. So I think that's been super helpful as well, but I mean, you can only prepare so much. I think, like I said, when you hop off that plane, it's going to it's gonna be real to a point like your instincts almost just kick in. You're like, all right, survive for five days, you know? It's like it's total, total type two fun. 
Like it's one of those things you look back on after and you're like, holy crap, like literally life changing. But during the trip, like, yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a grinder for sure. But I think mentally, I just got to keep that perspective. Like you might get socked in by rain for three days. You might not leave your tent. Like there's just so much uncertainty with the Alaska thing. Oh, and then you throw bears in, obviously. Yeah. Like that's the, the underlying terror. Obviously, there's no shortage of bears where we're going. Um, but I think that also makes it fun, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is on an Island, right? This is your, this is your, uh, what Island are you going to? Uh, plan as of now is Kodiak. Okay. Kodiak. So that is this ultimate, a lot, like whenever I used to watch the outdoor network, or, you know, these big hunting expeditions, like one of them that always stood out was this, this Kodiak Island. There's so much, I guess you want to call it mystique around this place from what you've experienced, you know, cause if, if you're like me, you sit, you know, this, this trip's coming, you're sitting here and you're going, you're, you're just like, find yourself, do you find yourself daydreaming about it? Oh, absolutely. And I think, I mean, all the time. And I think, but you've also got that other edge of the sword of that anxiety. Like you get home and you're tired. It's like, man, I should really throw the pack on and and ruck a couple miles. I should do this. I should do this. And you got to kind of stay on it because before you know it, you're a month out and it's just like, holy shit. Like, did I, did I do enough? Am I prepared? Like, do I have the gear that I need? Yeah. Is it back ordered? Like, how are we going to navigate some of that stuff? Um, but yeah, the, the daydreaming thing is very, very real. I think even just from a landscape perspective, like it's just something I've never seen. So it's going to be, it's going to be wild. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty jacked for that. Uh, when, when is that trip? Uh, so it'll be essentially the last week in August. Okay. Last week in August. And why? is there like what's the story with the blacktail up there that far north in august is it going to be you know obviously the weather is going to be way different than in august here in the midwest but um are they going to be rutting are they going to be like just chilling like where along in this this you know we talk about the the whitetails pre-rut rut post-rut blah 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 right um what are these deer going to be doing that time of year on this island so i i guess what i've read and what i've learned is they're just a super wily creature by nature can just literally disappear in the blink of an eye hard to find hard to stalk um to my knowledge, it's it's not going to be rut. I think August is a little is a little bit different of a period to go hunt them. I think it can be a little bit overlooked. A lot of people go later in the fall to kind of get that rut experience a little bit more. So we'll be there a little bit earlier. Hopefully, avoid some some human pressure and, and kind of catch them at a good time. But um, yeah, based on what I've heard with weather, it's expect the unexpected. Could be bluebird skies every day. It could be absolute nightmare rain every day so i think there's just so many unknowns with the alaska thing you just gotta literally prepare for everything yeah well that's cool man um i don't know Uh, you're 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 living out you're living out one of my fantasies my friend the hunt you're talking about (laughs) or uh 
well, uh, I guess that and having one kid is a little bit of kind of a fantasy uh, too uh, these days. But uh, I was just gonna say you gotta you gotta specify there, Dan. Right, but, right, uh, right. The hunt, my friend, the hunt. Uh, man, I, I'm I'm jacked for you guys. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you can pull it off. Any other hunts that you uh, are looking forward to this year? Um, so I've got some points in in Wyoming, but just with that Alaska trip being the length that it is, I think um, my wife is incredibly understanding, and it wouldn't be on her end; it'd be more on my end from a guilt factor. It's just like, okay, like be smart about this like don't plan three huge trips in one fall so I'm, yeah. I'm trying to be pretty mindful about spacing that out a little bit um other than that i think it'll probably just be around home here in wisconsin for the most part um i've done like the the nodak thing for ducks in the past that's a pretty easy trip to just sneak out there and go do for like four or five days so i'd love to do that again um but other than that probably just going to be going to be the white tail thing which will be which will be great yeah Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you mentioned waterfowl. Are you pulling off some waterfowl hunts this uh, later in the fall then as well? It's something that I've always wanted to get more into, and I've just been kind of a casual. Like, I love to do it. I grew up doing it with my dad um, on the, the Mississippi River down way southwest Wisconsin, and kind of it was the social aspect for that too. Like, it was a – it was a thing like he did it with his dad. He had the same group that always went to this cabin. So that was super fun. Um, I don't have a boat. I, I have a dog, but he is, uh, he is our, our special, special little man. I will say that he will not, uh, retrieve ducks. Gotcha. Um, but other than that, I really, how I've approached it is always just kind of going with on hunts. Like I've never been the guy like, I'm going to plan out all the logistics. Like I got the boat, like we'll be good that way. It's always been like, I've been lucky to have friends who are super into like every type of hunting, but duck hunting in particular, like I've definitely got some friends that are really into it. So that's made it really easy for me. Like I'd love to get, get more into it, but I don't think, uh, I don't think a boat is on the uh, financial radar uh, for us at this time. So I think it's, it's kind of always going to be that sneak in a few hunts over the course of the year, shoot some ducks and, and kind of see where it goes from there. But yeah. 10 years from now, who knows? Yeah. I tell you what I ha- I've had, uh, I know some guys who are duck hunters, right? And when it comes to like for me, I'm all in on whitetails and, and boat, I guess what you would call bow hunting, right? I, I take my trips out West, but for the most part, I'm all in on whitetails and, and bow hunting. Um, but it sounds like if you want to be good at things like I'll just throw fly fishing out there or duck hunting, and, and it just, it, it almost takes an all in approach to, yep. to be really good at, those type of things. And, and as much as I would love to be, cause I, I feel like there's plenty of opportunity close by for me to do some waterfowl hunting or within an hour or two drive of me, especially in Western Iowa, man, they got a huge snow goose, like snow, snow goose hunting is a, th- a real thing out there. And so mm-hmm. I, I, but I don't want to give up anything in the bow hunting realm right now. So I feel like if I want to go out and and do it i got to be all in in it and if i'm all in in anything else then i'm getting a divorce yep no i i think you nailed it there like there's just not enough hours in the day 
And right. I think the level of commitment it takes with waterfowl hunting to do it a lot, I think to your point is, is going to chip away in a huge way at, at kind of what you like to do. And that's kind of the realization that I've come to as well. So selfishly, it's just been relying on my friends that are that into it and kind of looping in with them, but it's, it's tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So, um, we have the the this big hunt Alaska coming up. You said you might do the the Wisconsin rifle. Um, I mean, are you are you gonna try to get out with your bow at all this year in Wisconsin? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, for for sure, absolutely. I think uh, it's a it's a comfort level for me. Like I definitely shoot it as much as I can, and like I feel like I'm in a good place. But I think. I haven't dove too deep into the, the arrow world. Like I definitely got to get, get my shit straight on that side of things. Cause for me, it's, it's a big confidence thing. Like if I'm going out there with a bow, like I need to be 100% rock solid, confident that if something walks out at 20 yards, I can kill it. Um, so that's just a a mental thing for me. And and obviously it's bow hunting. Like there's always going to be variables. There's going to be things that, that are going to happen. But yeah, I think from my end, I've, I've, I've built up the, the gear that I, that I think I need. Now it's just a matter of me just doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that takes reps and rep. I mean, as far as archery is concerned, that takes reps, but you, you got a, you know, you got Eric there, uh, who works oh, yeah. with like, I never really had a guy show me or really talk to me. Most of most of my stuff was on your own, right? You, you go out, you fail, 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 uh, you know, and then, you know, every once in a while you start to, the more you fail, the more you start to succeed because you've, it's just hours in the field. Does it help having guys like Eric who like, cause Eric is the, Eric is in it. I feel like having a buddy or a coworker that can help you, I guess, shorten your learning curve when it starts to get into the, the actual strategy of bow hunting. Oh man. I mean, it's, it's absolutely huge. Like you can't replicate it. And it's such a love hate in relationship with this industry at times too, because I think there's such an aversion to like air quotes, asking stupid questions. Like I think that's changed as kind of the industry has changed a little bit, but I think, for a guy like me, sometimes it's, it's just super intimidating to ask something that you think is going to be received as like a stupid question that, that anyone should know. Uh, so I think having someone like Eric around has been absolutely pivotal for, I think every, every piece of my hunting career, like, to be honest, like, I think similar to you, like me growing up, like, yeah, I, I did a, a good amount of hunting, but I didn't know anyone that bow hunted. You know, it was the it was the nine day rifle season. It was this big production. Everyone went out uh, and we did it that way. And there was just never, never anyone kind of in my circle that was doing the bow thing. Uh, so that was a little tricky that way. Like, it's just a world I wasn't super familiar with when I was young. So I think as, as I've kind of grown and gotten more interested in it, I think the the stage that a lot of people would have had when they were much younger, as far as like really getting into it and asking those questions and like a kid asking a quote unquote stupid question, like everyone's going to be like, Oh yeah, I'll help you for sure. But I think 
that sh- that shifts a little bit as people get older, which I think is a very stupid thing. And I think it, it hurts hunting as a whole. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think having, having Eric around for resources, like I said, you, you can't replicate it. Like, yeah. and I, th- I think that's speaks back to vortex culture and why he's such a perfect fit too, because there, there are no stupid questions, right? Like you can, you can ask him anything and, and he's going to give you a, an honest, super educated answer. Um, and, and you can kind of go from there and it, you've always got that touch point. It's not just like, yeah, you've got your bow. Like we'll, we'll talk in December. Like if you have questions, it's like, no, like call you from the tree stand, call you when you got a deer down, like that's, and that's a lot of people have vortex too. Like yeah. Mark, Eric, Brian, who you also talk to, like just the pool of resources is so incredible. And I mean, we've tried to harness that to the level of like really ramping up the learn to hunt program here at Vortex because you've got so many people that are passionate. They have the right mindset. They know how to communicate about hunting to someone who might be unsure or on the fence. And I think just having them be kind of the guide for those people has been really awesome. And just the success that we've seen, not from animals on the ground all the time, but just from people understanding hunting um, and getting right off the bat that mentor that is going to absolutely guide you through every part of this has just been huge. And it's something we're all super passionate about too. So I think we're trying to do whatever we can to not put people in my situation where it's like a little bit later in life, like going to get into it, maybe don't know where to start. I think it's, it's flipping that script a little bit and be like nope ask every question you have we're gonna start this whole process three months before the season even starts like you're gonna feel super confident in the fall you're gonna feel comfortable um if you knock a deer down you're gonna know exactly what to do um you're gonna know how to talk to your friends at the cookout that don't hunt at all and you're gonna be able to explain why you do it and feel confident in that because i think that's a huge driver too yeah um so just the people that they've put in this building is just the perfect mix of of, of mentors and, and also people that are super open to trying something new. Yeah. And that helps you as well. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you find yourself ever wanting to go all in? And what I mean by that is just kind of do the trail camera thing, do the scouting thing, do the, the, you know, the gear thing where you're really tweaking your bow. Like, do you ever see yourself going all in and, I guess in this crazy world, identifying as a bow hunter. I think so. Yeah, no, I, I do feel, feel confident that I'll get there. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a kind of slow roll for me. Like it's not going to be the light bulb switch. Like, Oh, bow hunting is all I'm going to do. It's all I'm going to think about. Like I do, I do think I'll get there. I think it'll just be a little bit slower for me just because like selfishly, I, I like to do so many other things. And yeah. I think to your point, managing time is, is huge. Like there's going to be Saturdays in the fall that my wife wants to go to a, a Badger game and we're going to take the kid. Right. So right. I think it's just managing all of that stuff and being realistic with myself. Like I want to be the best dad I can be. I want to be the best partner I can be. And I also want to hunt all the time. So like, okay, how the hell does that shake out? Like it, I think it's navigating that, but yeah, I think hunting as a whole, like totally all in for me, like absolutely think about it daily. 
uh, fantasize about it all the time. I think bow hunting for me has, has been a little bit of a steeper learning curve. So I'm trying to take a little bit slower approach just so I do have that confidence, but uh, I'll get there. Gotcha. Cool, man. Well, I hope the journey for you never ends. And I uh, hope you have success in Alaska and in Wisconsin. And if you decide to go uh, uh, duck hunting, so I'm sending good vibes your way. Uh, man, Sawyer, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and BS with us for a while. Um, thank you for what you guys do over there at Vortex. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you when we talk to you. You bet, man. I really appreciate it, Dan. And uh, good luck with continuing to navigate fatherhood. We are in this together. <laughs> Amen. Maybe we should write a, a book. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've got some illustrations I've already created. We can pop those in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were an artist, my friend. Oh, I'm not. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be very real. Huge shout out to Sawyer. Huge shout out to Tethered, Wasp, Hunt Stand, and Vortex. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Go to their website. At least just take a look at uh, all the products they offer and the functionality behind them. Huge shout out to all of you, each and every one of you, for taking time out of your day to uh, hop on and listen to these podcasts. Here's what we have next week. We got Mark Drury. We got, uh, I think we're going to throw out another unfiltered episode again. We got some really cool stories coming down the pipe. And so a lot of great content coming through the Nine Finger Chronicles pipeline. Hopefully you guys are having a great summer. Get out there, start shooting your bow, get comfortable with your gear, get comfortable with your weapon, plan, plan, plan. And then when the fall gets here, the season gets here, it's time to execute that plan and uh, become the slayer that is within you. So hopefully got hopefully you guys have a great rest of your week. Enjoy. Stand by for more awesome content. Good vibes in, good vibes out, and we'll talk to you next time.